And here I say the prospect, but you're in the UFC now. You're still the prospect at this point. <laughs> yeah, I've got to be, mate. I've spent too much money uh, marketing the name. So, yeah, um, you know, I'm going to stay the prospect, I think, until I get that UFC gold wrapped around my waist. That's the point at this point. It's like, okay, now what? Like UFC Hall of Famer. I was like, okay, I think he's... What else is going to go on to at this point? But yeah, well, that's a huge point. Well, congratulations on the um, prospect of Paramount. That's fucking doing really well at the minute. Like, how oh, much focus you, is like your sort of training camp and that kind of focus? Like, how do you split that? If I'm honest, the uh, the main reason that I kind of started with it was because I needed something to do in between training sessions. You know, I'm I'm one of these people that I'm always on the go. You know, I've always I can't just sit down and watch telly for probably more than an hour without sort of, you know, twiddling my thumbs and trying to do something. So I just thought to myself, you know, let's do something productive, you know, let's, um, especially with MMA, not being a, you know, it's not exactly a secure job, um, you know, at any moment Shock. injuries can happen. And, yeah. So, you know, I just thought, right, you know, why not put my, put my spare time to something, you know, useful and, I was talking to one of my old schoolmates and he sort of suggested it. And I said, right, you, let's do it together. Um, and yeah, here we are now. So it's been fun and it's, it's given me something to do. And hopefully it's something that I can fall back on when, um, you know, my body can't take getting beaten up anymore. This is where it gets really interesting with the sort of model of it as well, because it's not just fight specific. It's also like just sort of general population fitness. Like what was the initial kind of model with that you wanted to sort of go with? So obviously to start with, it was like, you know, the idea was it was going to be for my my fans, my followers, my supporters, you know, anyone that comes to my fights, they can sort of represent. And, you know, it's almost like being part of a team and a family together. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look up in the crowd and you see everyone wearing your T-shirts, it's quite a cool feeling. And then it kind of just went to the next stage where it's like, well, OK, let's get some female stuff done, you know. And so we got the, the female sets. They went quite quickly. You know, it was actually... um a lot better, a lot better selling than, you know, the, the men's stuff. So, you know, we're now focusing on basically providing, you know, if not just people in the gym, people that, you know, are just chilling at home and hopefully one day, well, it's actually, it happens now when I get an order, I don't know who the person is ordering it, you know, so it's not like it's me, my mm. mum and me auntie that are yeah, ordering it, the yeah. t-shirts to support, you know, I'm actually getting customers, let's say, um, all, all around the world so it's quite a nice feeling and you know one day who knows maybe I'll be walking down the street and I'm seeing my brand everywhere um so yeah you know that's the goal anyway and I mean, you say one day you're going up right on the right street now you find it now I mean this is something I really I don't know, I really appreciate this because again starting the podcast and start my own sort of rash guards if I say it's early days still but seeing people buy your stuff off their own back thinking you know what it's like buying a ticket isn't it it's that kind of nod of like you know what you acknowledge what's going into this such a personal thing to see a lot of respect for yourself my friend a lot of respect yeah thank you <laughs> so regards of energy and time and things like that because obviously fight camp you've got to be focused on the task at hand but obviously things like this outside of camp you've got to also manage like how do you allocate that kind of time and energy when it comes to things coming up like this uh, well, for me, obviously rest, you know, it's, it's about being organized and getting your training in so that you can rest in between and, you know, then, you know, get um, the best out of your sessions, the best out of your time. You know, as I say, I, I'll probably get about a good eight hours sleep every night. But other than that, throughout the day, you know, I'm not napping, I'm not doing anything like that. So, you know, for me, rest is 
if I'm sitting at the table sorting out some clothing stuff or doing a podcast, you know, this to me is rest. This is enjoyable. Whereas if I wasn't chatting to you, I'd probably be sitting there watching something that I don't even want to watch bored and then getting a bit agitated because I'm bored. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'd put it down to just kind of, <clears throat> I have a diary, you know, when I've got the diary, that made life so much easier because I just jot down what I've got to do throughout the day and then I can be organised and then everything seems to fall into place and to resting and stuff. But if I didn't have the diary, mate, I'm, I don't know where I'm going and what I'm doing and who I'm talking to. So, um, yeah, you know, I went off a bit then. But No, <laughs> so it's a podcast, not an interview. It's not a soundbite. You keep doing you, man. I love it when you're, you know, I can see the passion in it as well, the general enthusiasm. I'm actually enjoying this. It's actual kind of, yeah. Because again, it's all discipline equals freedom kind of thing. The fact have you got a busy day? Well, I've got these slots. I'm doing this. I've got this window free. Mm. It's not as busy as what the busy means. But no, I like that a lot. And I like how you can have that confidence to rest properly. Because you know what it's like as well when you've got camps coming up, thinking, am I doing enough? Thinking, wait a minute, I'm yeah. doing this now. I've done my training. Like you out of camp versus in camp. Is that much different in that schedule? No. So for me, I am training all year round. You know, all year round, I'm in shape. I'm, my fitness is high, etc. All it is for me, what a fight camp is, is about one, you know, focusing on my opponent. So am I A, fighting a southpaw? Is he orthodox? Am I fighting a grappler? So on, so on. You know, it's about getting ready for a specific person and cutting weight because the cutting weight bit is hard. You know, even though I've mm. got abs and I'm looking pretty shredded at the moment, I'm still, what, 12 kilos overweight. So, Ooh, you know, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's a tough one. So, you know, for me, I need always a good at least eight to 10 weeks to make weight. Um, and for me to maintain my body weight, to make a fight on a month, you know, it's, it's too hard. It's not, it's not like, oh yeah, just don't eat chocolate in the evening and you're good to go. You know, I have to really restrict my calories and it's not healthy, especially when I'm burning so much throughout the day, you know, it's important that I get the right foods in. And um, so that for me is literally the difference between fight camp and not fight camp. You know, out of camp, I'm still training every day, pretty much twice a day, every day. Um, I guess I can be a little bit more lenient. So say my missus says to me, which actually we're doing right now, she said, do you want to order a pizza? So I'm waiting for the pizza man to come. Um, obviously in camp, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. It's um, not officially. It's all right. We don't talk about that. We'll <laughs> <laughs> keep this between podcasts. It's fine. But no, I like that a lot. And again, it's that kind of the management staying when not having to get ready. But regards of like, like relationship with food now, like saying obviously getting a pizza and enjoying your time off. How are you with having these treats? Do you take a lot of guilt with stuff like this? Do you just enjoy it as and when? How do you find living, you know, I say civvy life, but it's not quite that deep, you know what I mean? As in like eating food that isn't your chicken. Well, so for me, obviously, you know, I said, well, I'm very organised. Yeah. I always know what my weight should be every week, every day, every second almost. So my weight at the moment is where it wants to be for this, like for obviously not having a fight booked. Therefore, I can have a pizza. You know, obviously, if I had a fight booked, I have what my weight needs to be every week. So 10 weeks prior, eight weeks prior. As long as I hit my target or my weight, like I weigh myself now, it's where it wants to be, then I can have what I want, you know, and then I don't have any guilt with it. Um, so even just now, you know, my missus said, you want to order a pizza? Cool, I'm going to check my weight. <laughs> it's not actually that bad, so sweet. Let's just get a pizza. Um Whereas if I'd gone on the scales and it was like, oh, you know, that's pretty heavy, then I probably would have just had a salad instead. Um, so, yeah, for me, being organised is what helps me 
you know, um, Perspective is focused and calm. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge thing. I like the way you're sort of answering that as well, because again, it's really the reality of it. Because again, eating these foods are good, bad, and different. But again, knowing what you need, when you need it, and certain things like that. No, it takes a lot to be able to be that organized, all that kind of stuff, and that kind of discipline. And a lot of respect for that. But again, we're talking about quote unquote finished product, Nathaniel Wood. So, what is the Amis like with the same kind of discipline and diet and things like this? Has it been from the word go like this kind of regime, or has it been a bit of a, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I've always been like this because from the moment, you know, I started training, the idea was that I wanted to be doing this for a living. I wanted to be UFC champion of the world. So I've always pushed myself to the point where I don't feel I can do any more. Um, and even my dad, who's my coach, he had to rein me in a lot. You know, he'd say, look, mate, if you're making yourself ill, you know, you're getting run down. Um, and that's something that now I, I know better than when I was younger. Um but yeah, you know, as I say, mate, I'm one of these kids that, you know, has got tons and tons of energy. So I was always doing three sessions a day from the get-go. Whereas I know a lot of amateurs now and they're not doing that. And, you know, they're saying to me, I'm going to be the UFC champ. And I'm like, Psh, yeah, you, not you with that on. training. You do that somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, not That's with fine. that training, mate. So, yeah, you know, and I love it, mate. I'm obsessed by it. You know, this is what I, I enjoy. Um, and obviously, if even if I wasn't getting paid for it, I would still be doing it. Um so, yeah, you know, all I've got to do is turn up to the gym, do what I love and, you know, just fight and get paid. Again, you're very, very polite, very modest and everything. I was sort of downplaying this sort of stuff. And one thing I really, I don't know, I took a lot of respect from seeing you post this kind of stuff when you were injured, like, again, seeing your arm on a cast and you're still jabbing with the hand and things like that. Mm -hmm. That kind of consistency through that kind of thing where people would just find natural breaks or natural time off, like that kind of consistency through that kind of time, what, what, what drives you at that point then? Is it just fixing imbalances is it just restlessness what keeps you going during that kind of time i'd say just for the love of it you know because it's like if someone said to me all oh, right you broke your arm don't do anything and go and watch telly cool i don't really enjoy watching telly you know if they said i'll oh, go and play the playstation it's like i've heard him play maybe an hour um i don't want to do that if someone said what do you want to do right i either want to go on a fast motocross bike or go skydiving or go training which is what I can do which is what I love to do um so when you see me with a cast and I'm you know working head movement and a jab with the other hand and kicks and whatnot I'm not there because I'm being told I have to be there I want to be there mm. you know and there's too many fighters that I know now and they're like oh you know I can't wait till my fight's done I can have a couple of months off and I'm like why would you want to have a couple of months off do you know what I mean if if I if someone said to me, all oh, right, you know, you, you can never fight again in the cage, I would still go training. You know, I would still go to the gym. I would still keep up a, you know, a healthy lifestyle. I wouldn't want to just, you know, do it's nothing all day. Yeah, this is this is my job. So I guess for those that maybe have jobs as well, if they were injured, they'd go away and they'd still have their nine to five and they would have stuff to do. But for me, it's 24 hours in a day, mate. If I ain't training... You know, there's not much I can do with those hours. You know, my prospect apparel business is it's good, but it's not that good to the point where I can spend hours a day. You know, there's not that much to do right now. So, yeah, you know, I'm obsessed by training and, and I love it. So, you know, there's no place I'd rather be than, than in the gym. Oh, man, that, that passion. So, I love that, man. Enthusiasm is so like, <laughs> I love it. I don't want to say infectious because it's sort of COVID time. You can't really say that word, but yeah, it is. I love it. <laughs> I kind of, you get to train, don't have to train. I love that so much. Um, it's like you now with the podcast, you know, you obviously enjoy doing it. I love Otherwise, it. Otherwise, it's like me saying, oh, you know, do you not 
is this work for you? Well, hopefully it's not. You know, hopefully I you enjoy doing this, man. I ain't worked an hour on anything. Like training exactly. full time, working full time, podcasting. I love it, man. Ain't an hour spent working. Um, yeah. Question for you with this thing, because again, very organized with the sleeping, with the diet and everything. Regards to training and obviously the ambiguity of everything you could do, every way of doing everything. How do you structure what you learn and what you prioritize in each session? Um, in what way do you mean? So, for example, you've regimented, you should have your weight by this point. You're going to eat this thing. This is what you're going to do. Whereas, say you've got, I don't know, MMA wrestling base class. I'm going to work on this yeah. ankle pick, this single leg. This is today's focus. So what is your, I don't know, do you have an itinerary uh, just, you have training sort of thing or what? No, the, the coaches, mate. So, obviously, what I always tell these young up-and-comers who sort of ask for advice is find the right coaching team. You know, so I go to train. I went to training this morning. I went to jiu-jitsu with my coach, Ashley Grimshaw. I don't go in there and say, say to yeah, I don't go in there and say to him, oh, you know, we're doing this today. I say, right, what are we doing? And he's the coach. So he gives me what he thinks I need to learn or we spar on them what I need to work on in, from what he's seen that session. And the same goes for all my coaches, Brad Pickett, my dad, my striking coaches. You know, I go there and I let, I trust in the process. So I trust that what they're showing me is to better me as an athlete and to just make me, you know, a world champ. Um, so if I'm honest, I've got the easy bit. I just turn up. I'm like a guinea pig. I just just do it, you know. And they're the ones that make and brainstorm the, you know, the the fighter as such. You know, I just I'm the body, and I let them I let them be the kind of the mind behind it. If that makes sense. Again, very modest, very downplaying yourself. But again, with this anyway, again, you don't get to level you're at without being some sort of proactively learning, proactively <clears throat> doing certain things like. When you're having these rounds, are you getting feedback after the fact? Are you watching tape back of your own training sessions? Or is it, I've done that session, had my moment, now it's the next one? How do you get the most out of your sessions? Yeah, so after training sessions, I'll look myself. You know, you haven't got to be a genius to work out what you feel like went well in the session and what you feel like didn't. So, you know, say there's a sparring session and I've been tapped out with certain things or I've been caught in, in certain punches or kicks. You know, I work out why and then I'll go away with my coaches and I'll ask them you know sometimes I do I, I jot down not as much anymore but more you know the sort of first few years of training I was always jotting down what's going wrong what's going right and you know obviously because you're still young in the game there's so much to absorb and so much to learn obviously now at the level I'm at there isn't as much stuff to learn it's more about perfecting the stuff that i do know you know it's about getting fitter stronger faster you know polishing the the skill set that i have um and obviously enduring fight camps you know i don't really want to be focusing too much on learning new stuff i want to be focusing on becoming the best nathaniel wood i can be on that night and then obviously it's after the fight out of camp which is now where i can practice certain stuff you know i've been working on my elbows and certain things that I haven't normally focused on when I've been in fight camp. Um, so, yeah, you know, I just say that you, you got to get the coaches and, and if you say, so if, if I go, if I have a coach that never gives me any advice, obviously I, that's down to me to have to kind of chase him up and say, you know, what do I do? What do I do? Why is this not working? Or why, you know, am I getting caught by certain things? Luckily for me, you know, my coaches beat me to it. So, before I can even think to myself, what went wrong in today's session? I'll already have Brad or my dad or whoever saying to me, no, if you need to work on this. So, you know, they make my life easy by, uh, you know, focusing on all the holes in my games before I can even, you know, focus on it myself. 
again, that's so perfect because again, when it comes to everything you could learn, everything you could focus on, you'd be there all day. Whereas someone says, okay, yeah. one thing, one thing is this jab. When you do that, you got this, or so on and so forth. You got one thing to worry about. Spot on. Absolutely love that. Um, there's quite a few things with this I wanted to sort of go into, and like more so how your coaches get the most out of you. Like, how would you like to learn things? Are you more sit down, explain it? Is it just reps on reps to you get it right? How would you like to? I don't know, understand that new techniques. So the best way I, I learn myself, especially like with jiu-jitsu, is sparring. So, you know, me and my coach Ashley, like today, he, we don't go there and drill techniques to start with or anything like that. We just we go live, you know, get warm, let's go live. And throughout that sparring, in between rounds, after, he'll go through with me what either A, he caught me with, or if I've got any questions. So today, you know, I was struggling to pass his guard a certain way. After I say, Ash, you know, show me what's what's going on. Why can't I pass your guard? And then he will show me. So in a way, it's bad for the coaches because they're showing me how to beat them. You know, I, I'm very good now at defending guillotines because Brad was very good at them. Yep. So now when me and Brad spar, he can never catch me in a guillotine. And in a way, he's got to take that as a compliment, but it's also frustrating for him because he's like, damn, you know, I can never get him a guillotine anymore. But in the same sense, I'm proud because he's listening to what I've said. Um so yeah you know that's that's what i'd say really with that one that is an interesting one the way you sort of manage these things anyway because again it's it doesn't really make sense to sort of break things down in step by step because nature of jiu-jitsu and mma every round's different and you have the same round with the same person 10 times every round's different and i don't know the whole idea you you tell him to be a and b beats a and back and forth and back and forth you keep growing like incrementally it's really interesting that and Regards to the structure of your camp, the things you prioritize each time, obviously you said it's opponent-based kind of thing, their sort of strengths, their weaknesses and things like that. But regards of your structure, regards of your schedule, do you put more time in different sessions in that sense? Is it just to focus on the sessions you've really got changed? How do you adapt your camp as such? Um, I always go off, obviously, how I'm feeling. So, you know, usually the mornings I'm always fresher, shall we say, than I am in the evening. So in the mornings, you know, that will be my kind of more let's go hard session um it's the sparring usually in the mornings um and yeah just just listen to your body really you know obviously if I'm a bit beat up and a bit you know being kind of lethargic I'll have my coaches you know give me a little give me a little boost you know give me a little bit of encouragement if I'm honest I'm pretty self-motivated myself so if anything usually my coach saying right we're going to chill out a little bit today you know, because I, I may be doing five minute rounds on the pads and they'll say, listen, we're going to drop it down to freeze because you're looking pretty tired. Um, which is which is handy because there's been many a times I've gone into a fight overtrained and that's not good. You know, you, you definitely don't want to be doing that. Um, but yeah, you know, I guess that's where I've obviously got the right coaches around me. They can tell when, you know, I'm being lazy or when I'm actually getting run down. Um so, yeah, you know, I usually just try and listen to my body. And as I say, you know, I'm quite self-motivated myself. So, you know, I don't really ever need someone to give me a kick up the arse that much. Not so much the kick up the arse. It's more the focus of the sessions and such. So my example of this is, I don't know, Monday's wrestling, Wednesday's jiu-jitsu, Friday's striking. And then your opponent is a grappler, for example. Is the whole camp same structure, but those classes now focus on that opponent? Or do you admin more of the specific style you want to work on? You see what I mean? So we are obviously focusing on the opponent, but because of MMA and it being so, um, you know, pullouts mm. all the time, you know, if you had a fight, if you, if you say to me now, right, you're fighting uh, Sean O'Malley in 10 weeks' time. Oh, that's a, that's a thing to throw out now, isn't it? Sean O'Malley in 10 weeks' yeah, time. That's an idea. Well, 
<laughs> yeah. If, if um, you know, for that 10 weeks, if someone else, if he pulls out and someone else steps in, let's say a week before, and let's say someone like Umar Namagamedov, who's a wrestler, grappler, completely different to Sean O'Malley, your brain's going to be going like, oh my, like, you know, I've just done 10 weeks of training for a tall, you know, striker. Now I'm One fighting a, a, a Nurmagomedov, you know, it, it's, things completely change. So we do focus on the opponent, but we don't obsess over it, you know. So if I'm fighting a southpaw, yes, it, when I go to the gym today and I do, let's say, five rounds of uh, sparring, probably I'll try and always go with a southpaw, but I might do two rounds with an orthodox guy, you know, mm. because... Again, you know, anything can change. I could go in there against the Southpaw and all of a sudden that guy decides that he's now an orthodox guy and I don't want to be too regimented. You know, I want to be able to be... Uh, how, how my dad explained it to me was he said, look, be the best Nathaniel Wood you can be and let your opponent try and beat you. Because, you know, if you focus too much on how to beat him certain ways, if you don't, you know, if I, if I focus on a takedown and I don't get a takedown, shit, what, what are you going to do? So, what, yeah. you know... Yeah, I just try and be the best version that I can be. And if it's not enough on the night, then so be it. You know, I can, you know, losing ain't the end of the world. Um, so, yeah, you know, I just try and bring my A game and then, you know, it's down for my opponent to try and work out the game plan. I love that, man. I love that kind of like stoic kind of thing, you know, control what you can, let go of what you can't, and that kind of stuff. I love it. And again, that kind of confidence when you say it, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's what it is. I love that. When it comes to obviously being prepared for the fights you've been in, like obviously Josh Reborn's one of the ones to sort of point out, that kind of confidence and composure and that kind of pressure, is it something you visualize? How do you manage to, I don't know, stay composed on that kind of heat? I guess it's natural, <laughs> so honestly. Happens. Yeah, I don't think you can train it. I think you just got, it's, a, it's the flight or fight, you know. Um, and yeah, you just got to love for that Josh Reed one. I just remember in my head thinking, nah, son, I ain't going out like this. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I would put that down to just being, it's your heart, I guess, which you can't train. And it's so sad these days when I'll see a talented, talented fighter someone super skillful and they don't have the heart you know they it comes to sparring and oh no no i forgot my gum shield and or there's some excuse and then sometimes you have it the other way you know you've got someone that's got all the heart they're tough as anything but they just haven't got that not, many skills they're not that sort of yeah they're not switched on the game as yeah, so, more than just that oh you need to not yeah. get punched as much it's not great for you you've got you've got you got to have that thing that you can't teach and i don't know i guess it's just heart or just being stubborn you know i'm just very stubborn so you know, Josh Reed, I did want to go down. I was like, oh, man, you know, I've had enough of this. But, you know, I'm too stubborn to, to just go down. He's, you know, he's going to have to try and kill me to put me out. Okay, that was that's goosebumps. And that was pretty sick. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. But again, there's so much with that. I love it. It's the sort of that composure in the moment. It's fight or flight. Believe in what you know. Because the thing with heart as such, I feel, is if you know you've got a potential A or B, you can have more heart. Whereas if you think I'm stuck, you've got me dead to rights. It's not if, it's when. I like that kind of further understanding. And regards to the intensity when you're sparring, obviously you don't want to spar like that all the time because you wouldn't be, you know. <laughs> wouldn't be yeah. So what, how intense are your spars in comparison to the fights? Like say a fight's a 10, what is your spar like? So my spars, on, so we spar basically twice a week we spar every day but you know uh, monday's wrestle sparring mm. wednesday's jiu-jitsu so yeah. i count the sparring as you know gloves on shin guards on 
kicking the crap out of each other. We do two. So we do one on a Tuesday, which is the big gloves, which is what I would say, you know, we're going hard. So, you know, any spa that I get, especially being, I think I'm the only, I'm the only, well, I am, I'm the only UFC fighter in the gym. So I always feel like I've got that target on my back for the, for the young guys. I've always got to be ready. You know, it's, this is like, we're going to just smash each other, but we're sensible in the same sense. You know, if I've rocked someone, I don't then go and, you know, you, yeah, you take the pace back a little bit. And then on a Thursday, we do the small gloves, which is uh, eight ounce shin guards. And then it's more kind of takedowns, ground and pounds. It's a bit of everything. Um, but obviously back in the day when I first was learning, I sparred a lot more. And I guess, you know, it's, it's being smart with your training. So obviously, as I say, because I'm always focusing and thinking about it, I thought to myself, right, if I always spar hard, my career is going to be very short, which I don't want. So, you know, sparring is fun and I love to go hard, but I also want to have a long, healthy career. And I also want to, you know, be able to be with my kids when I'm well, when, together, when I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be, you know, walking around looking punch drunk. Um, and that, again, comes down to the coaches. So, you know, there's days where Brad might say to me, right, Nath, you're looking beat up. I want you to go light today guys you're going to go with we're all going to go light you know we're only going to go 70 percent. whereas you know there's some days where it's like right i'm fresh i've had my weetabix today let's go you know let's go 100 percent um and it's having the right teammates you know with my teammates now if i've got a fight coming up they know not to go crazy you know you don't go throwing spinning hill hill kicks axe kicks you know unprotected at someone you know and we know how sort of hard to go um and then I guess you do have some days where you, you know, you might be in a pissed off mood and the guy you're sparring. You know, know about being, it. <laughs> yeah, but I guess that's just knowing your team. You know, if you go into a gym where you don't know anyone, you might have someone trying to, you know, be on a pedestal, that kind of thing. And, you know, that's never good. But, you know, as I say, I'm lucky enough to have a good team around me and I've got a good team of people that I can, you know, spar with. And, you know, we, we all know kind of how hard we can go without, you know, going too far. Am I going to point out that you said 70% was light? That's terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if that's light, I don't know what, what hard is. Yeah. <laughs> but funny enough, like when, so when I used to go to the boxing gyms and spar, you get hit so much because it's just boxing. Mm. Obviously, when we spar, we do MMA. So you don't actually get hit as much as you think. You know, you might take a couple of shots. Oh, and then you're on the ground and you're, you, take, you take each other down. And before you know it, the round's over and you might have got caught once or twice. I can't remember the last time I've been rocked, you know, in sparring, um, especially when you when you, you know when you're sparring MMA. But this is you're the sort of gentleman's agreement, so to speak. Obviously, you've got girls there, but you know the, the premise of you know you sort of get the nod. You're like, okay, if you hit me hard, it was an accident. You didn't mean to, sort of thing. Whereas if you can see they've got the proper intent to try and hurt you as well, and yeah, that is a point though. It's the case of having that trusted sparring partner, especially when you're preparing for a UFC fight. It's not some amateur fight down the middle of nowhere. It's something you're getting paid for this is your food on your table you can't have people injuring you putting you out of that because again it's taking food out of your mouth literally mm. not literally that yeah you know what I mean? yeah you know you can have if you have guys as i say with like something like a spinning kick there's no protection you know you don't have shin guards that go over your foot um so there's certain things like that where you can throw it 10 percent, like super light but it's still going to cut me open because it's bone on bone mm. um it's, it's silly things like that which you know Obviously, professionals in the gym, we know that. You know, you don't do stuff like that. You don't throw an axe kick at someone, um, especially, you know, if they've got a fight coming up, you know, because, as you say, one little cut, you're out of the fight. And, you know, you could be getting paid 50 grand for a fight. And 
you know what I mean? Imagine losing out on that money because your teammate wanted to throw a, a side, yeah. yeah. So it's just about being sensible and it's about going with professionals, you know. Believe it or not, if I have an amateur like novice come through the gym, I won't spar him. You know, mm. people be like, oh well, he's gonna be an easy spar. He's not because Ooh, he's gonna throw, he's gonna throw <laughs> yeah, he's gonna throw wild shit and you know, he's gonna end up throwing a spinning elbow to my head when we're only doing light boxing. <laughs> sort of the um, game or something. Exactly. So, you know, it's just about being professional and, you know, I guess knowing your boundaries. Side note, anyone looking to train, go with the coloured belts, go with the experienced guys. They won't hurt you. It's the beginners that hurt you. Yeah, a little, exactly. <laughs> little public service announcement, I think. Um, little side note, shout out to Vigorate. Obviously, I found about them through yourself. And again, they're guys who sponsor a lot of people. They support the community as well. They give back to the amateurs. Again, grassroots are so important. So I'll give a little shout out there. Big up those guys. Um, when it comes to Vigorate, anyway, a little side note with this. Like, do you use their products a daily basis? Is it like every now and then? It's just showers. What do you tend to use? So, believe it or not, I hadn't topped up my Vigorate. So, long story short, Vigorate. Um, I'm not. I'm not sponsored by them. Um, it's basically my osteopath Neil Patel, who I've been working with for a good few years now. He was kind of getting sick and tired of seeing us athletes with staph infections, ringworm. You know, many like skin infections that you just pick up, and he knows a lot about, you know, uh, shower gels and the products that go into it. And it's, mate, it's shit. It's mainly perfume and water. And, you know, if you're buying a link, I'm not going to say any brand names actually, but mm. if you, if you're buying a shower gel and it costs you, let's say one pound, there's like, there's nothing in that that's actually going to clean your body because it's so cheap. It's cheap shit. You know, the like bigger bottles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so put it this way. I, I don't get, paid for Vigorate I'm not on a commission deal where I'm here trying to sell it to you but that is staff Neil gives it to me you know he'll always top me up when I see him you know we're close like that mm. um and I'll, I'll pay good money for that stuff and you know believe it or not I didn't have it for a month because I hadn't topped up I'd run out and you know I was moving into my new flat everything was too busy and I get the worst staff infection I've ever had I had a like a I, I pulled like a the scab and I had like a hole in my arm I had to go A and E for it they put me in a in a, a sling because they said you got to stop moving the joint because it was just spreading and it was horrible, mate. And I'm not saying that it was because I weren't taking Vigorate, but I think it was. I mean, if that isn't you know, enough, I don't know what is, but God, that's horrible. Mate, I haven't had staff for three years, four years, which, you know, Vigorate hadn't mm. even been around. Um, wait, what happened with Vigorate? I don't know. But yeah, and then, you know, I don't take it for a month and I catch staff. So... You know, whether it was or wasn't Vigorate, I definitely am not letting my bottles. That's a scary coincidence, man. That's yeah. a scary coincidence. <laughs> so I'm going to make sure that my bottles are always topped up. And um, yeah, you know, I'd highly, highly recommend that to not, well, to athletes, especially MMA athletes or jiu-jitsu athletes that are on dirty mats, you know, you're very likely to pick up stuff. But anyone in general, really, you know, if you actually look into the products that you're putting on your skin, you know, you want to be careful with it. Your skin's actually a, a, an organ. That's a mm. factor that's the biggest organ in the body. So, you know, you don't want to be putting shit on it. Um, and it's vegan friendly. That's a big thing to me. You know, I, I, I like my, uh, I'm not a vegan, but I'm like an aspiring vegan. You know, I'm trying to, you care about the animals, trying to cut you? down. So you care about the well-being animals, sort of thing. And this is the thing I really like about Vigorate is the cleanliness of it. So if you think about prime example, at Gen Pop, you're going to normal pure gym, whatever gym. Think about touching the weights everyone else has touched, going in the showers yeah. everyone else has used. And if you're not wearing flip-flops, the, oh, the showers yeah. and the rest of it there, nah, 
fuck that. If you think you're clean after a bit of perfume from whatever brand you want, have, have a day off. Yeah, don't come near me. Don't roll with me. Because <laughs> again, like, exactly. with like rolling anyway, it's very in your face and you want to make sure at least you've got their, I don't know, your, your friend's um, <laughs> essence off you a little bit. But again, it's not a paid promotion as such, but again, they're a brand that really support the community. They really give back. And again, the fans testament to that myself as well. They support me. They support a lot of people. Again, good people deserve good recognition. So that's a bit of a shout out to them. Um, just a bit conscious of your time. Obviously, you got pizza on route. Got to make sure that doesn't get cold. Uh, yeah. Leave you with the last three questions to ask everyone. First question yeah. is, you're about to walk out to fight. In walks you. What do you say to yourself to perform in the best mindset? Fuck this guy up. <laughs> no, um, mate, I get Brad to slap me, then I'm sure you've oh, yeah, seen it. I get him to so. slap me a couple of times. So I want to go in that cage and thinking, right, like, you know, this guy in front of me is getting it. You know, I like to go in there angry as such. I don't like to get, I know there's a lot of fighters that like to go in there really calm and relaxed. I don't, you know, I like to go in pumped up. I want to get the right music in my head. And, you know, for that 15 minutes, literally fight like my life depended on it. And that's the best way that I perform. Um, so yeah, you know, just tell myself that, you know, this is it. We, uh, we fight or die. <laughs> I wonder if you go on the stats of Brad's significant strikes, if it goes up every time he slaps you. Cause again, he's in the UFC, he's slapping the <laughs> UFC fighters, his stats going up, he's landing more strikes here and there, but we're getting there. Now, um, I've taken more damage with Brad's slaps, I think, than I've taken in some fights. So I could say, you get some weight behind it as well, turning the hip yeah. and everything. Oh, uh, great. The second question is post win. Belt around your waist. What is the takeaway? What are you saying? Honestly, anything and everything I can get my uh, get my hands on. You know, whatever the first thing I see is, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. You know, funny enough, I don't actually really like drinking alcohol after a fight. You know, that adrenaline dump. I'm just like, man, I just want to get back to my bedroom, have a cup of tea and a pizza and a burger and a curry and a Chinese and fish and chips and everything. So, you know, and you're, uh, my eyes are always bigger than my belly. You know, I can never finish it. Um, That's a smile. I've, seen one. Look I've at actually, that. <laughs> I've actually been sick once because I had so much food in me. Um, and I just had to chuck it all up, but it was worth every second. Oh, mate, that smile. I love that. That sort of passion and enthusiasm there. You had a similar one with talk about training, but that was next level as well. Uh, last question for you. Day one beginner walks in full of beans. Again, the same things they always say, but what advice do you give them to get them started on the right foot? Consistency. Consistency is key. You know, it, I try and tell everyone that, you know, it doesn't matter how good your training is if you're only doing it once a week or once a month. You know, train, train, train some more. Um, obviously don't make yourself ill, you know, um, don't go and overtrain like I had done in the past, but there's too many fighters now that are starting their, their training, you know, they're starting their careers and they're doing one session every couple of days. That's, you're not, you're not going to learn, you know, so get in, learn as much as you can. And of course, you know, give yourself a proper team. Don't go and learn from some idiot down the road that's going to teach you all the wrong moves and then, you know, your, your future coaches, they're not going to correct you. So, you know, find the right team and be consistent because it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, it is a long old journey. Um, but this, the journey is the best bit. Exactly that. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, before we go into sponsor shouts, shout to um, our friend Chris Hayes, Lucky Raven, the guy does Metal Roses. And you put in your story, he donated one. And again, yes, yeah, yeah. Them, they are absolutely amazing like the, the detail he goes into again he's a very kind person gives a lot back to people again he's a very there's a lot behind the scenes but again seeing the work he does is a separate thing anyway 
I'm actually auctioning that. that he, so he donated me one because I work with a charity, the Amelia May Foundation, and he's donated me a, um, I think if you saw my story, um, mm-hmm. a rose made out of metal. Uh, I think it's a poppy rose, sorry. Um, and yeah, it's just so cool. So I'm gutted, you know, I, I'm not going to get it. I'm going to auction it off because that's what he asked me to do. And he did make another one for my missus, actually. So, you know, I kind of get to keep that myself, that's really. Um so yeah, if anyone wants to, you know, go in for the bid, it will be up this weekend. Perfect. Um, any sponsors you want to shout out to? Uh, let's give a big shout out to Big Eight then, seeing That's us there. Know, not my sponsor, but you know, Neil Masterpath. He's been looking after me, um, and he looks after me at Big Eight. I'll also give a quick shout out to AJ Wakeford, who has been my sponsor for a long time now. His company is Red King Resourcing, which is a recruitment company um scramble you know the best best grappling where you can get um blah 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 i'll stop there because otherwise i'm going to get in trouble if i forget anyone else <laughs> links to those will be in the description check out the podcast bonds the english hypnotist again he's a guy who gives back to the community he's very people orientated but what he mainly does the mental side of things again the internal voice everything else a self-sabotage all these sort of things we get in the way of you hear the way how confident Nathaniel is the way he performs and again so in order to get rid of these self-sabotage be able to understand why you do you and how you get the best version of you that internal conversation is so important chat with Richard can get you started on the right foot good performance nutrition Dan Good former professional MMA fighter family man businessman and again now in the supplement game supplement himself great quality great price again gives back to the community uh, thank you for your time again my friend regards social media just a prospect MMA Yep, that's it, mate. I've actually come off Twitter, so I'm no longer on there. Too toxic. Too many toxic people on there. So I'm on Instagram, The Prospect MMA. And yeah, thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure.